Up next, it's Point and Click Radio, the bi-weekly computer show here on KZYX with Bob Lawton and Jim Hyde. It's more time to compute. Yes, there's more time to compute and more time to listen to people talking about computing, which is what we do here on Point and Click Radio on KZYX. I'm Bob Lawton. And I'm Jim Hyde, and support for KZYX comes and natural Ukiah Natural Foods, 100% organic produce, deli, salad, and soup to go, and over 250 bulk items. Open 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day on Gobi Street for online shopping and curbside pickup, UkiahCoop.com. Well, that was new. We got to read a uh, fire update live from the Ukiah studio with a um, bilingual translation into Spanish coming from yeah, Philo, yeah. the wonders well, of, wonders well of broadcast, broadcast communication right here. Well, how are you, Jim? seems to be. The, I'm, I'm well. Thank you. How are you? I'm, I'm great. I'm great. Good. Luckily, yeah, the, the fire... Seems to be that, the best news seems to be that the forward progress has stopped on that uh, highway fire, which... Oh, I know. Was looking like about thirty acres or so. Really, that much? Um, yeah. I I was there right when it started, and I could uh, see it happened. If you're familiar with Ukiah, it was heading north on one on one, just north of Perkins Street, near that big softball field where you see the lights all oh, yeah. lit up at night. And sure. where I could see it um, from the west side of the freeway, the fires were reaching as tall as like a sixty foot pine tree. I mean, it was the, the tree was engulfed. Scary. And it was scary, and I thought, oh, no. But I I guess they had, uh, you know, with the act, with the freeway access, they were able to get the engines out there right away, and I saw bulldozers unloading and stuff like that, so they must have really gone to work. But thank goodness. Indeed. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's that, um, in those places that are less foggy than where I am right well, now. Well, <laughs> where you are, yeah, really. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Yeah, it has been for about a month and a half or so, and uh, you know it gets a little tiresome sometimes. But then I well, you can always drive over I'm, here I'm and get warm. Moisture. Yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> well, we've got a real grab bag of things tonight. There's been a lot of big news. Um, Apple's third quarter report or whatever report just came out. Whatever they just released, they make they're making more money than they ever have. So they <laughs> they, the they don't seem to be any in any. Uh, Unlike the predictions from 20 or 25 years ago, they don't seem to be ready to go out of business. Yeah, no one's using the word beleaguered anymore. No, no. <laughs> well, who knows? <laughs> you could probably turn that one around because there's a lot of beleaguering going on over some of the issues of their hardware and privacy issues and battery issues and software issues and everything. I have to say, I'm not that, I'm not that fond of the software they're starting to come out with. For ordinary things you try to do, like listen to a song. If you you know, if somebody emails you a song and you try to put it on your iPhone, the first thing that pops up is you can join Apple Music for three months for free. And if yeah. you cancel that, you, you it doesn't do anything. You just what I've gone to, and maybe this is a tip we'll start off our tips. We got a lot of tips tonight. I downloaded the the free VLC media player from Videoland. Oh, that's a great app. Wait, is, but I didn't know they had it for the iPhone. I've used I it didn't on either. That's cool. Oh, it's unbelievable. I've got it on all now. Um, 
And here's the cool thing about it. I haven't seen this either. And why can't Apple do things this easily? When you download VLC and install it on your iPhone, or your iPad, or your Android phone, or your Microsoft Surface, or whatever, and you launch the app, it has a bunch of uh, settings and options. And one of the options you can do is you can set up the VLC um, application and your device as an FTP site, and it gives you a link that you type into your computer, desktop computer's browser, and this window pops up. And if on your computer you drag a file over and drop it on the browser window, it just wire, wirelessly and, and uh, hassle in a totally hassle-free way just loads it onto your device. You know, oh, that's fantastic. No begging Apple, can I please find up something that'll play this damn video that, my, yeah, right. <laughs> that my, my kids sent me or something like that? And um, you can use it for your audiobooks. Now, I don't know about things like Audible audiobooks, but like if you get CDs out of the library and rip them to put on your portable device yeah. so you can travel like with it. Project Gutenberg, where people have done volunteer um, yes. audiobook versions of, of just thousands of great public domain books. Yeah. Or if you own DVDs and use Handbrake to rip them into um, iPod or iPad-friendly formats, you know, you're familiar yeah. with that. Like, this is what you do when you go on an airplane and don't want to haul your DVD collection along right, with you. Right. And just um, use the browser window on your desktop computer or laptop where you have the assets, uh, you know, the digital media stored. Drag it over this... Um, browser window and it automatically links to the device that you've well you have to enable wi-fi and give her permission to do that but um they have several methods of doing it and it, it worked per, uh, the first time i tried it it worked perfectly it was it that's, was, that's brilliant yeah. and so this you're right i mean this is a great tip and i don't think we've ever talked about this app before but it is an app that um anyone who plays video files or downloads video files from websites and places on the internet where you can get you know legal video files and i imagine there are probably places where you can get legal one illegal ones away as well but we're talking about the legal ones here. yeah um there is a free app called vlc as in victor victor lookout Cat. <laughs> vlc vlc media player Charlie, it's and VL, it's Charlie, Alpha Big, it's Alpha Beta Charlie. <laughs> that's it, that's it. Victor, what is L? What is I the Alpha? Uh, that's a Lima, Victor Lima Charlie. Victor Lima that's Charlie, it. yes. VLC. Victor, Victor Lima Charlie Media Player. VLC Media Player. Um, it is a free, open source, cross-platform multimedia player that plays multimedia files, audio, video, as well as DVDs, audio CDs, and a bunch of different streaming. Basically, it can play almost everything. Yes. It can play old flash video files and things. Um, you can get it from Videolan, that's L-A-N, Videolan.org. It's from a nonprofit um, organization called Videolan. And if you go to the search engine of your choice and just do a search for VLC, as in Victor Lima, Charlie, VLC um, uh, media player, it'll be the, the top search result. And um, it's, I always, I've, I use it on the Mac all the time. It's available for Windows. It's available for, for Linux. 
What I did not know, ah, thank you, Bob, yes. is that it was not available, that it was available for my rectangles, for, for the iPhone, yeah. for the iPad, and for Android uh, devices as well. And Jim, I don't know when they released it, but they released it in time for me to stop to get ready to smash my brand new iPod Touch, which my, <laughs> which my older uh, laptops, where I keep all that stuff, wouldn't they refused to recognize it. It said, you know, it, 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 you know, finally something popped up that said, your computer is not compatible with this device. You have to upgrade your operating system for us to even, you know, even talk to you. And right, I said, I, right. no thanks. I'm not ready for that. And so I thought, well, gee, maybe I'll see if VLC is available. And uh, it, it uh, delivered way more than it promised, you know, especially with that ease of file transfer. And it will do yeah. streaming. You can put in streaming links and it will, will um, save those links. You can make up your own pay playlists in it, you know, and you can do things as clever as alphabetically sort your playlists, you know, boom, click, mm -hmm. and it's all in a row. You don't have to sit there dragging files up and down like you do in iTunes and stuff like that. Of course, you can sort in iTunes also by using uh, the columns, you know, like date or size right. or right. all that stuff. Or the music. It's a replacement music in, uh, in Big Sur. Yeah, but the... Um, the 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 tasks I wanted to do it solved it perfectly so I was really delighted you know hats off oh, yeah. to VLC and it is a I think it is a nonprofit corporation that that sponsors yeah. that um, it's not just a couple of guys in their basement it's a whole organization that's uh, dedicated to doing this open source uh, project and with their really excellent media player and they've been around for a really really long time but I don't know how long they've had the apps for the rectangles but it works really really well and the design is just elegant and you can also yeah. do something on it that you can't do in the apple products you can um speed up or slow down the uh that's right now you can i have to say you can like in podcasts you can make them play at one and a quarter one and a half two times right the normal speed you can speed them up and i think audible does that with their audiobooks and stuff like that but I don't think you can do it with videos on the Apple Play. You cannot. No, no, not not with the default. Um, you know the built-in operating system of video yeah. playback features. Um, and I know musicians who will download videos from YouTube, and that's probably the subject of a different tip of the week: how to do that. Oh, okay. Um, but um, and then if you're, if you're trying to figure out a complicated riff, we'll use VLC to play the riff back very. Slowly. slowly and it doesn't slow the pitch down it doesn't just go here it no. just makes it all <laughs> take longer yeah um, and 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 i know that there are people who have used that and do use that to um to figure out tunes or if it's a video so you know stevie ray vaughn playing one of his flashing guitar licks you can actually <laughs> yeah. watch his fingers in slower right, slower right, motion right. and decode yeah. decode the guitar licks yeah get it at uh, get it at video videolan.org for the desktop machines um from your uh from your for your for your smart devices for the iphone ipad or android device get it from the respective um App Store, the Google Play Store for Android or the Apple App Store. It's Donate Where. where. Um, the website has a little, you know, suggested donation box for uh, pre-filled for your convenience for $5, but um, that is entirely optional. It's a free app, and it, like I said, um, it, it, if you play audio and video files on whatever happen, device you happen to use, uh, you need VLC Media Player. Bob, yeah. I'm so glad you mentioned it because you're right. I don't think we've ever mentioned this one on the show. 
I don't think we have. I hope you're going to download it as soon as we get off the air. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm not going to wait. <laughs> okay. No, and I'm definitely going to send them a tip because they really solved my problem in a very, um, very user-friendly way. Oh, and it, there's no spyware. You know, it does. It's completely yeah. spyware, trackware, um, uh, all the adware free because uh, it's yeah. just a, you know, it's a product of the. Uh, Products of the collective consciousness. So I was really happy. Exactly. And they exactly. make it for all. For, and and they're completely uh, platform agnostic. You know, they'll make it for for everything that they can because that's what they do. That was really yeah. great. Yeah. Now talking about iPhones and and solving problems, there's another product that is commercial and it does. It's it's one of those sort of mid range prices. You know, it's not three hundred dollars per year, but it's not a five dollar tip to get it either. It works on um, Mac and Windows computers, but it only works with Apple's iOS devices, and it's called iMazing. iMazing? iMazing. It's iMazing.com. And this came... Uh, I have it, and I've used it for a long time, and I really like it, but this came... Uh, uh, across my notice this, uh, this week because of that... Um, nasty Pegasus spyware thing episode that came out last month. Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah. About the... Um, um, I forget what the company was. They had a name. I'm not remembering it. Their product is called Pegasus Spyware. And uh, authoritarian regimes were using it to uh, install. I guess they install it by sending a blank text message or something like that. It's one of those really nasty, you know, weapons-grade uh, spyware and uh, these countries were spying on on dissidents and um, environmental activists and stuff like that. Um, and I guess there were hundreds and hundreds hundreds of um, iPhones that were infected. Now, apparently, the same or a related software is all across the Android platform too. But the news came out that it was detected on iPhone, so that's sort of what hit the headlines. Right. But anyway, the um. um Amnesty International developed MVT, which is an open source command line tool designed to help investigators and technologists. You know, these are the security researchers. Right. And a command line tool, you know, none of our listeners will rush to their computers and try <laughs> downloading a command line tool. You know, yeah, you have to have... this in if you're still on Highway 128. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but um, Amnesty International developed this open source um, command line tool designed to help investigators and technologists detect signs of infections of this uh, Pegasus spyware on mobile devices. So iMazing, which is a product that lets you manage one or all or hundreds or thousands of your iOS and uh, iPad devices, uh, iPhones, uh, iPads, iOS, iPod touches, and it will create backups that allow you to back up everything on there. And something that it's really hard to do anymore, you used to be able to install apps from iTunes and back them up to iTunes. Do you remember those good old days? You would do sure. a complete backup, and iTunes would be really useful for managing your phone. You can't do that anymore. You can make backups, but you don't have a lot of granular control over what you back up and things like right. that. Right. But um, iMazing does absolutely everything, and it will also let you mount um, iPods that iTunes says, no, you can't do this because it's not signed in with your same Apple ID. In other words, you can really 
do a serious job of managing your devices. But um, iMazing was able to implement this MVT open source command line uh, spyware investigating tool into iMazing, and this product now will um, do this for your iPhone. And if you don't own iMazing, you can download the, the demo version, and it will do it for free. You don't have to actually buy the software. The guy that uh, wrote this uh, blog post from iMazing um, goes on a whole uh, story about how um, they really felt it was Im important to make this available to everybody. These revelations highlight anti-democratic use of advanced surveillance technology, which goes far beyond the scope of legitimate criminal or terrorism investigations. Particularly disheartening is the fact that no iPhone is safe, even the latest and fully updated devices were targeted and successful infections have taken place without any user interaction. They call them zero-click attacks. Right. In some cases, all it took was to receive a malicious text message, which could then be deleted by the attacker before the user ever became aware of the attack. So this is what we're talking about. Anyway, uh, Gregorio Zanon, who I believe might be um, the, the head of this company that makes iMazing, um, said about implementing this whole um, analytical tool into their product. And unfortunately, there's no support for Android. It's iOS only. Um, there's no support for analyzing the file system. It doesn't show anything about what's going on in your computer. It just does a, or your, your device. It just does a report. And um, it says it's the open source of our analyzer is d dependent on iAmazing's proprietary cool toolkit. So it can't be built as a standalone tool, but it uses uses their ability to manage iPhones to run this um, uh, analysis. And he says, final words, no fear mongering, but vigilance and gratitude. The vast majority of iPhone users have never been targeted by spyware such as Pegasus. Yet we cannot be blind to the fact that military-grade spyware is being deployed in shockingly petty and corrupt contexts. Yeah. Um, that we don't typically associate with uh, authoritarian regimes. The attack tag targeting a prominent health official and two NGO directors in Mexico comes to mind. The victims were citizens of a Republican democracy who defended a soda tax project, and somebody wanted to spy on them. He goes on, we feel... We all feel revolted and compelled to act when human rights come under attack in such dystopian ways. NGOs, journalists, citizens of all nationalities already won tirelessly, work tirelessly to protect our freedom, sometimes at the risk of their lives. They deserve our gratitude and support. So hats off to iMazing and this tool, which again is free to check your phone to see if it has any spyware on it. So you just know. go to the search engine of your choice and do a search for iMazing. iMazing, I-M-A-Z-I-N-G. And uh, while you're there, if you'd like to manage your iPhone and back it up and inspect the contents and keep a record of what's going on. And um, it will also do the same thing that Apple will do. If you buy a brand new phone, you can plug it in and copy your complete configuration over using iMazing. And it's a very... You know, nice. it's, it's built for that one purpose, and it's a delightful tool. I've used it for years now, but this whole... This whole thing about checking for um, vulnerabilities on the iPhone, you know, especially this Pegasus software. Yeah. 
I love the fact that it lets you even just, and aside from obviously the very useful and vital aspect of, you know, making sure your phone isn't infected with spyware, um, the fact that you can uh, download and save text messages and and, and oh yeah, and iMessages that come in on your phone, um, they're over the years. You know, if you use one of these uh, rectangles, <laughs> um, your messages not only use up an astronomical amount of space over time if you're sending and receiving photos and videos to and from people but they become a really precious record of communication with people um and it's there's it's not entirely intuitive how to back up and retrieve those and even examine them on your on your on your desktop machine with programs like iMazing you can you can do that yeah, that's a feature they have. They have lots of features like that that are are really handy. Um, there's there's ways to access them. Yeah, yeah, you can print them. Yeah, yeah, you can print, you can print, them. Even print your print your iPhone messages, which is kind of an interesting little you know uh, well, twist of the, and, the, the time continuum. <laughs> and I think on their website it says if, if you need to go into court and show <laughs> you know a series of text well. messages, it'll show everything with the dates and the senders and and all that kind of stuff. You know, so it has some forensic value too. But I know what you mean. I mean, it's just heartbreaking to go in and delete old texts if you don't have to do it. You know, it's or worse uh, if you lose your phone or something like if that. If you lose your phone, yeah, yeah, with all kinds and, of information. You know, the iCloud, like in the in case of Apple devices, there's you know, theoretically, the ability to do, to back that stuff up to the cloud, yeah. um, but I like the fact I, I like having a second line of defense. You know, a, a backup to the backup. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, well, my I, my iPhone uh, automatically backs up to the to iCloud, so I get the. Uh, you know the most important things the you know the sort of guts of the phone but i don't think it backs up i don't think it backs up the text messages or stuff i put on there by myself but amazing will back up whatever you want it to so which yeah. which is what's really good and they don't pay us anything they don't pay us anything no, this no. is not an ad <laughs> we're just passing this this tip on i got two more quick tips here we should go ahead and open the phone lines too because we're almost half Half, almost down to half past. Does anybody remember MapQuest? Do you remember long before Google Maps, if you wanted to know how to get to somewhere, you would go to MapQuest.com, and they could print out a little roadmap for you, sure. just like a just like your AAA roadmap, but just where you were going, where you were, uh, and where the destination was. And for a while there, it was a verb. Hey, you know, MapQuest those directions. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, they're back in the news, and I saw this on Tidbits.com. Um, the guy that runs Tidbits, Adam, had to do an errand where he has, uh, because of COVID, people don't do group runs anymore. He's an avid runner, and he had, they were doing some kind of a virtual run where I guess everybody was going out and running and then, you know, reporting what they were doing. And he had to, he had to go to, I think it was like 37 different places in his, in his area where he lives and drop something off. And, he was trying to figure out how to best manage this. And it turns out MapQuest, if you go to mapquest.com slash route planner, all one word, route planner can optimize your route so you spend less time driving and more time doing. Provide up to 26 locations and route planner will optimize based on your preferences to save you time and or gas money. And Okay. 
Apple Maps won't do that. Google Maps won't do that. But MapQuest will. And there's there's different configuration. You can only do 26 because it uses all the letters of the alphabet to to put your <laughs> map points down, which makes sense, too, because, you know, numbers, highways have numbers on them. It might get real confusing if everything was numbered. Is that Highway 6 or is that my sixth stop? So it's alphabetical. Right, right, right. And the other thing is they've really done a good job on the interface because you don't have to type in or cut and paste in. You can import a CSV or Excel file with a list of addresses. Ooh. And it will automatically, and this goes way back to the early days of con computing. I think it was called something like the salesman's dilemma or the salesman's challenge. Do you remember that? Oh, right, yeah, right, right, right. How a salesman is going to make all of his stops in the least amount of time in the shortest distance as, you know, and, and also in the right direction. Or if you have a schedule, you know, how to schedule things ahead of time so that you're doing the least amount of driving. And um, early in the days of computing, they said, this can't be done. You know, we can't do this with the, the equipment that we have. It's just way too complicated. We'll have yeah. to wait till we have quantum computers or DNA-based computers. But now <laughs> it's, it's just a piece of cake. And I'm sure UPS drivers do it every morning before they head out on their, on their routes. But this MapQuest feature will actually arrange um, the stops in the best order either to have the least amount of driving time or to have the shortest distance so you can use it to save time or to save gas and it'll yeah. automatically arrange them in in the best um arrangement and then if you want to tweak it you can do that you know and once it does the uh, arrangement you can reorder it if if you have personal preferences but i just thought that was this is fantastic that's really cool so i want to drive quest mapquest.com Slash root planner, root or if you planner. just go to mapquest.com, uh, the little the little three lines, the little menu, hamburger menu they call it, um, in the upper left corner um, has that as one of the uh, has root planner as one of the options. Yeah, I think that's just fantastic, and um, it's it's a very nice site. It's it's um, I, I've always liked MapQuest. I've always yeah. thought they're. I'm, I'm happy. I hope this gets them some uh, some business, and maybe I'll send them a tip if they want one. <laughs> <laughs> Back in a previous life on my road trip in 1997, yes. I actually stopped by MapQuest offices. They were in uh, Denver at the time. Oh, wow. And they took me past this wall of, of, of computers that was kind of like the, 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 the guts of MapQuest. And it was, uh, it was kind of a, you know, it was a room with one wall of glass um, and a, obviously a key card secure door, you know, entry kind of thing. Yeah. And all you could see behind it was this, you know, disco dance floor of flashing lights you know, and, 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 and LEDs chirping around, chopped uh, on and off. Were they like refrigerator size computers? Oh, yeah. Oh, completely. Yeah. It was a giant rack. It was a wall of rack mounted servers. Yeah. You know. Yeah. One more. That's probably archaic at this point because they're now probably in a data center somewhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know? And I think, didn't Google set up by just getting lots of used PCs and having thousands and thousands and thousands of them? I don't think. I don't think they ever had one of those. Uh, of course, they probably do now. Who knows what they do? But I. Heard that they were when they were just starting to expand their search uh, facility. They just got oh yeah. They just well, got, now the big search engines, particularly the, the and giant websites, everything from you know um, uh, uh, Google to Facebook to LinkedIn, um, 
well, I don't know about LinkedIn, but Microsoft certainly and Google and Facebook have their own custom hardware design that uh. is just completely optimized for exactly the kind of serving that they do to minimize power, to minimize heat, because these things suck up a lot of power and give off a oh. lot of heat. I see. So if they don't need a thing in there that tells you what the local time is, they can just leave that out and save the exactly. money. And like they don't need a hard drive controller because there are none. You yeah. know, they don't need. Uh, they don't need sound cards. <laughs> right, right. But I mean, every electron saved is 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 um, less money they're spending on powering all that. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. One more quick tip, and then we'll open up the phones and talk about whatever you want to talk about, um, including right to repair. We're gonna we're gonna get into that a little bit because that's really great news this is something i've uh, i fell in love with uh, over a year ago it's a browser plugin for firefox um, uh, microsoft edge safari and uh, google chrome called one tab and it is just what it sounds like um, it's a plugin that creates a browser tab that will store the address and the little uh what's what's that thing again called that's up in the address bar the little icon you know the graphic icon i can't remember what it's called i know there's a name oh, for it oh the um the uh favicon the favicon yes yeah the favicon yeah, yeah. or whatever it is it right. will put that all in a a link and it'll start making a group of links under um I don't. I forget what it's called. It'll just call it like Group One or something like that. And then the next day when you do it, it'll start a new group. And once you have those links, um, one of the things you can do is you can lock a group. So if you want to make up, if you always open the same five browser tabs every morning when you start, you can set something up in a bookmark. But this is this is much more flexible. Uh, bookmark is a little unwieldy to go in and, and juggle your bookmarks and clean them up and stuff like that. But if you have a group and it's locked, there's um, a link that says open all tabs. But what's really good about this is if you're like me and you get real lazy and you want to leave 60 browser tabs open, it puts a real drain on your computer's RAM. You know that, Jim. Sure, completely. Yeah. So one of the things you can do is, um, well, first of all, it's a, it's a plug-in, so it patches the browser's menus. And if you right-click over... Um, an open tab somewhere and you know in the background area or something it'll bring up a one tab menu uh, in the context or command click on the or control click on the Mac and one of the things is send this tab only this one tab only to one tab or send all the tabs on the left to one tab or send all the tabs on the right to one tab so you can arrange your work so that if you open you know like five or six tabs and you don't have time to look at them all um, and they're the last five tabs on the right you can um, click on the sixth tab and say send all the tabs on the right to one tab and it just poof, out they go and that releases all that um, RAM in your computer so you're not choking up your browser and I, the most problems I've had with computer uh, computers uh, crashing or you know getting sluggish or having weird problems is from the you know the memory hogging that goes on with a browser when you've got you know 30 or 60 tabs open yeah exactly the other thing it does um, aside from saving browser memory and keeping these groups is once you get the groups um, 
you can actually you can lock them so that your new tabs that you send to one tab won't go in and populate the the locked group. You can name them so that you can remember what it was you were you know, what piece of hardware you were searching for that one day and wanted to keep all those links or right. what vacation destinations you wanted to go to and keep all those links. But you can also say, create a link for one tab that will open up all these links. And you can actually email that to yourself or to somebody else. So once you've got this collection, I mean, if you if you were doing this with your, your bookmarks or your browser history, you would have to collect this stuff one by one. But you just um, click on create um, a link from the, this group of uh, web addresses, and it pops up a new tab in your browser with up in the address bar the um, URL that you can copy and all those links that you saved right there. So if you want, I mean, I do this all the time. I email it to myself at home. It's stuff that my mind have found at work or vice right. versa. And then you just put it in your browser, and boom, it open. You know, it opens up all the tabs there. It's a very portable, economical, easy to use way to manage your your browsing and your saving of um, your browsing history and stuff like that. It's called One Tab, and you find it at one-tab.com. And this is what I love <laughs> um, on their about page uh, where you're reading about it. Um, they talk about what it does and everything. And then they get down and they say, well, how do you make money? Uh -huh. And this is one guy that's done this. And he says, one tab is free of charge and is not designed to make money. It was created because we badly needed it ourselves for our own use. And we wanted to share it with the world. It's it's needware. Needware, <laughs> it is. It's needware. That's great. And he doesn't. Even, there's not even a way to send him a tip. It's just there, and it works. And um, it, it's just brilliant. I just love the fact that you can. Oh, and the other thing you can do is you can export your entire collection of tabs, and it'll send it out into a uh, a URL, or I think there's other formats to export it in. So you can just, you know, you can keep, if, if it's getting too cluttered, you can just back it up and keep a record of it. And then later on, import it if you need to. So it, it's, right. it's a great browsing accessory. I have it as the first pin tab on the left on my Firefox on all my devices because it's just. And it's available for a bunch of other browsers too, I think you said. Um, I think it's available think it's for... A, was it like a Chrome extension? And It's a Chrome extension. Firefox, Edge, and Safari can also um, use it. So it's pretty much all the main browsers. Yeah, there you go. One tab. Yes, one hyphen. All one word. No, not all one word. Two words with a hyphen. Oh, one hyphen tab. Yeah, for the... for the Well, the, the name of the product is one tab, all one word. But to get to the... Uh, website you oh, yeah. have one to hyphen dot tab. one hyphen tab dot com right 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 yeah right yeah that's it and they're not in it for the money even better yeah well you're tuned to casey why i just tried it on uh, on google anyway and if you search for one tab without a hyphen just the word one tab oh if you search yeah that's a word if you just type one tab um it'll be the top hit sure Sure. Anyway, you're tuned to KZYX, Philo, KZYZ, Willits, and Ukiah. Point and click radio with yours truly, Bob and Jim. I'm in the Ukiah studio. Jim is remoting in. From the fog. From the fog. And uh, we started the uh, hour off with a fire alert. If you missed that, um, 
Apparently there was a, uh, a fire on 101 just north of Ukiah, and there was an evacuation order, but they're letting people back, and you can probably go to the, um, I don't know, where would you go for fire information? Uh, I know well, that- Mendovoice.com um, has an article about it. Okay. Um, it was last, it hasn't been updated. Well, it was actually updated at 6.55. Yeah. Um, and they claimed that um, evacuation warnings remained in place for Vichy Springs, El Dorado, Deerwood, and Knob Hill. I think that's what you mentioned at the top of the uh, show, Bob. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Mendocino County Sheriff's Office is reporting that residents evacuated due to the fire can return to their homes. Oh, um, good. Cal Fire was ex- uh, estimating the size of the fire at about 30 uh, acres. Well, shall we give a quick overview about the FTC's new um, policy about right yeah. to repair? Why and why don't we give out the phone numbers as well so that we can... Oh, yes, the phone numbers. people thinking about dialing in and calling in if they have a question or yes. a comment in the last uh, 20 minutes or so of tonight's Point and Click Radio. You can take your you gloves off and warm up your dialing fingers and get ready to call. We're at 895-2448 KZYX Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. This is Point and Click Radio 895-2448 area code 707 895-2448. We the phones are open and um right to repair. This is something we've ta- our friends at iFixit have been on the cutting edge of this whole episode since day 1. And they've really been lobbying uh, as much as they can lobby, I guess, to um, empower users to be able to uh, repair their own devices. And they have these um, iFixit teardowns where whenever anybody comes out with a new electronic device, they sit down with whatever tools they need or blow torches or chainsaws and they pull (laughs) them apart and see how easy they are to repair and then they give them a rating. And Apple's products have been getting worse and worse and worse in their right to repair because more and more of these are um, designed to be single-use objects that are all glued together and do not have user-replaceable batteries, etc., like they used to have. Well, Apple's never made a repairable um, or a, uh, a phone that can use an external or an interchangeable battery but the laptops used to have easily interchangeable batteries because you'd need to take four or five of them if you were going out into the field exactly you'd swap one out swap the the temporarily dead one out and put in a freshly charged one and yeah it's you know it's this the whole you know remember the phrase no user serviceable parts inside oh god Uh, used to be back when we were kids Tubes were a thing, and if a if a if a if a if a device was acting up, if it was on the fritz, as we used to say, you could take the tubes out, go to your nearest hardware store or Radio Shack store or electronic store, and and, and belly up to the tube tester <laughs> and see if any of the tubes were burned out. Well, when solid state transistors replaced tubes, that sticker started appearing on the backs of every device that you'd buy. Danger, do not open due to electric shock, no no user serviceable parts inside. And since then, it's gotten far, far worse now. We've got devices like iPhones that cram an astronomical amount of technology into a tiny little package with a lot of specialized chips, all of which are soldered in place with a glass screen that is kind of like magically attached to everything and you have no idea how it would go out, get out, and you don't even know how you'd open the thing if you wanted to. 
This has led to the whole right to repair movement and, the, and that being, as Bob said, the iFixit folks and, and many others, um, including a lot of farmers, which Bob will describe in a minute, oh, why, yeah. that um, believe that if you own a device, you have the right to try to fix it if it acts up, like replacing the battery in your, in your phone that may otherwise be working perfectly, or replacing the broken glass screen for a phone or a tablet that is otherwise working um, perfectly. So just a couple of weeks ago, um, uh, President Biden signed an executive order ordering the Federal Trade Commission, the FTC, to um, support, basically, the right to repair require tech and appliance manufacturers to provide tools and instructions and parts necessary for anyone to fix their phone, tablet, computer, refrigerator, or other products. Yes, farm tractors. Or tractors, yeah, that's that was the reference. Yeah, what, it was a uh, John Deere, right? Yeah, John Deere was sort of at the, I don't know if you'd call it at the lead, <laughs> you know, maybe they were the worst offender. What th this goes back to a kind of a loophole in the law because back in the 90s when nobody knew anything about computers except for very few select, uh, you know, the technical elite, uh, when back in the days of the Bill Clinton administration, there was a, a law passed called the D, was it DMCA? DCMA? Digital Millennium Copyright Act. Digital yeah, Millennium Copyright yeah. Act, yes. Yes, and they ran through all kinds of, of sort of blanket um, legislation to cover anything that contained intellectual property that was deemed to be a technical trade secret or something like that. And you were not allowed to um, decode or extract or reverse engineer or do anything to violate some technology corporations rights to their invention so so called and you know 25 years later uh, or so what we have are companies like ones that make coffee makers that take special um, capsules or printers that take special ink cartridges yeah. or tractors that take special parts they have um, some kind of intellectual property embedded in them and they are forcing the user to use only the product that's uh, produced by that manufacturer and if you attempt to bypass or circumvent that then you're breaking the terms of the digital millennium copyright act and you could go to jail yeah and it, it the most egregious example i think is farmers that own john deere tractors have had to sit there for days, you know, while their while their um, agricultural products are rotting, waiting for a John Deere person to come, you know, and flip a switch or something on their tractor, just so they can lock them into this um, repair situation where they can only use John Deere authorized parts and stuff like that. You know, they're not allowed. I mean, these people are pretty independent because they live way out in the boondocks and they have their welding rigs and things like that. Why shouldn't they be able to, be able to fix anything they paid for? But there's been a lot of um, uh, a lot of um, 
you know, pushback by these companies against anybody trying to violate these terms. You know, basically they want to sell you their overpriced parts when somebody else could make a compatible part, which wouldn't necessarily violate any of their their trade practices or copyrights, but they're not going to allow you to do that. So this um, new policy should push back against all that. And we'll have to see. We're going to follow this issue because it's important to all of us. I'd love to be able to easily change the batteries in my devices. And, of course, companies like Apple will say, well, it's smaller, lighter, more portable, less expensive, less likely to break down, less likely to be tampered with, uh, and so forth. But that might, I mean, that might be the case in some instances. But why don't they make two lines of products, ones that you could work on yourself and ones that will be smaller, lighter, uh, you know, longer battery life, et cetera, et cetera. You know, give you the option. Yeah, you know, there's a, um, I have a New York Times article about the right to repair um, executive order. And it, and it points out that uh, tech products are, on, are among the most expensive household purchases and their prices keep climbing. The average household would save $330 a year if it repaired products rather than replaced them, which adds up to $40 billion nationwide, according to a study by the U.S. Public Interest Research Group. Now, um, Mike, Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, and Google have contributed to lobbying efforts against the Right to Repair Act. No doubt. Uh, their most common argument is security. The idea that I'm reading here from the New York Times, the idea that people with access to repair and diagnostic tools could perform illegitimate repairs and steal people's data. Hmm. TechNet, a trade group that represents Apple, Google, Amazon, and others, said that opening up repair could put consumers in harm's way. The FTC, however, in its report concluded that, quote, there was scant evidence to support manufacturers' justifications for repair restrictions. So, um, yeah. They didn't try and to... They didn't. Obviously, some kinds of repairs are definitely for these devices that have screens that are all glued in place and everything. A lot of people are just not wanting, not going to want to hassle with the right to repair. But it isn't just kind of you and me. It also affects a an industry of third party repair companies. Exactly. So it's much easier with the right to repair legislation if it all goes through as we're hoping that uh, it will make it easier for the corner store, the local computer repair outfit, to be able to get parts like replacement screens for phones or replacement batteries for tablets and to be able to do those repairs for you so that you wouldn't have to schlep down to Santa Rosa to an Apple store or to send your device off somewhere to have that done or to do what a lot of people just say, oh, well, heck with it. I'll just get a new one. Yeah. You should live so close to Santa Rosa. What about if you're out in the middle of Montana and it's 600 miles exactly. to the nearest Apple store, but there's somebody down at the truck stop that can change your iPhone screen for you. Precisely. You know? Exactly. That's the other it's thing. It's an issue worth watching. It's it, there's an environmental angle. Obviously, the more you repair, re, re, reuse, replace, and re, reuse and repair, right? Um, yeah. And recycle, as opposed to just buy a new one and throw the old one away. So um, there's even an environmental angle to it. So it's in all of our best interests to allow people, whether they're you and me or small mom and pop shops to be able to repair these kinds of devices. Here's a quick, Apple, here's a quick quote from the um, yeah. 
Federal Trade Commission's um, press release on this uh, on this policy. This is dated July twenty first, twenty twenty one. Um, in the policy statement, the commission said it would target repair restrictions that violate antitrust laws enforced by the FTC or the FTC Act's prohibitions on unfair and deceptive acts or practices. The commission also urged the public to submit complaints of violations of the Magnuson Moss Warranty Act. <sighs> Go check it out. Uh, which prohibits, among other things, tying a consumer's product warranty to the use of a specific service provider or product unless the FTC has issued a waiver. Well, I don't know about the waiver part, but that means that um, you should, when you buy a printer, you should be able to use any brand of ink cartridges in it. Um, you know, right. when you buy a tractor, exactly. you should be able to use any kind of part you want to use on it. It's your tractor. Uh, right. And if you want to use John Deere, good for you. Uh, but the idea that they would try to squeeze people into these restrictive arrangements that you can only do what the uh, what the corporation wants you to do once they provide you with the consumer product. Right. Right. Not cool. Yeah, it is. No, it's not cool. That part's not cool, but it's cool that they're doing this. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, it says they're aimed at restoring right to repair for small businesses, workers, consumers, and government entities. So the government wants to be able to save money, too, on these things. That you know? makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it does. 895 nice. Somebody might want to call. <laughs> we have about seven minutes left on tonight's edition of Point and Click Radio. Yes. And we've got to at least touch on this Apple controversy around security and um, photo scanning and child pornography. Um, it's a big issue. It's not something that we devote an entire show to, at least not anytime soon. Um, but uh, you've probably read about it in the news. Um, Apple is planning to build into the next versions of its operating system scanning software that will scan all photos as they get uploaded to Apple's iCloud Photos service to see if they match a photo in the database of known child sexual abuse material maintained by the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Whew, that's a, that's a breathful. The other feature scans all iMessages, that is the text and, and, and rich text uh, uh, messages that you can send and receive with uh, phones. The other feature scans all iMessage images sent or re received by child accounts, that is accounts designated as owned by a minor for sexually explicit material and if the child is young enough notifies the parent when these images are sent or re received. This feature can be turned off or on by parents. And well of course everybody is against child pornography and exploited children but a lot of privacy advocates are saying this is a very including the uh, our friends at the electronic frontier foundation that this is a very slippery slope that if apple is building in software into its devices that allow the devices to scan for a certain kind of content does that open up the doors? Is that a back door that opens up the doors to other governments, um, authoritarian governments, requiring that that Apple add that feature to scan for certain minority groups or other groups that they may wish to exploit 
or suppress. Well, it's interesting. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we should get somebody from EFF on and talk to them about it because they've got a, a you know a whole bunch of lawyers that probably understand the the um, you, you know the the details in in all this. But I was shocked when I first heard about this. This is the last thing I would expect Apple to announce they're going to do. Yeah. Now, I guess at this point they're not going to go looking around in your device itself it's they're only going to look at their iclouds at the iCloud storage of exactly. images if it goes through the apple iCloud service and with iCloud if you use iMessages then it automatically goes through iCloud that's how iMessages work um, if you also choose to back up your photos to the iCloud service then um, those photos are also subject to this scanning uh, process and Apple has published a, a ridiculously complicated um, uh, technical dissertation on how it works and a shorter kind of frequently asked questions document the long enough in short of which is that they say there's a only about a one in a trillion chance of a um, uh, of a photo or an account being flagged as um, inappropriate when it actually isn't and even in that case um, employees at Apple actually, if if the if the device says, "Hey, there's suspected child pornography on iCloud that b belongs to this person's phone," then that's flagged by somebody at Apple who actually looks at it and verifies whether or not it uh, is indeed. And if it is, then then that person's account is reported to the uh, to that national organization of center of uh, of exploited children. Are they only going to do it for U.S. accounts at this point? Do you know? I believe it's U.S. only um, initially. Um, if you want to read more, there's a great article. Well, the uh, go to EFF, the Electronic Frontier Foundation, EFF.org. Um, right on their homepage is a featured update called Apple's Plan to Think Different About Your Encryption Opens a Backdoor to Your Private Life. Jim, we've got a patient um, caller here. I'm going to try to get oh, him on. Oh, yeah. Oops. Oops. Sorry, caller. Almost got the caller on. Okay, I don't know what's going on here. There's also a good uh, New York Times article about the same subject um, in their tech section. And basically their gist is, it just goes to show you that when you use cloud services of any kind, your data becomes a little bit less yours. Well, yeah. Than it was when it's sitting locally only on your own phone or on your own uh, laptop or desktop computer. Yeah. Um, to me, these this is like a MEDAC solution, you know. Um, it's like making everybody take off their shoes before they get on the airplane, thinking that one out of a trillion people might actually have a bomb in their shoe, you know. Yeah, right. It's... it's um, the people that don't want to be detected know how to not be detected. <laughs> well, that too. Yeah. That too. So I don't know. I don't know how this is going to work, Jim. It's interesting. It's a. It's a. Um, it's it's worth doing some reading about if you're if you if you like us are interested in you should be uh, digital privacy issues. Uh, go to the EFF.org and uh, see what they've got to say about it. Yeah, we've got less than a minute left. I'm sorry, caller. <laughs> we did our best. Next time. Two weeks from now. I'll see you in two weeks, Jim. Thanks a lot. Good night, Bob. Good night, everybody. All right. Take care. Stay safe.
This has been a production of KZYX Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. You can check out our website at kzyx.org to find more content like this, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thanks for listening. Thank you.